there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the Yorkshire Evening Post podcast. I'm Richard Byram, and joining me on the line again today is my colleague Peter Smith, the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer. Hi Peter, are you doing alright? Hi Rich, yep, still uh, still fitting well at the moment. I hope um, hope everybody listening and everyone involved in Rugby League is, is the same, managing to uh, keep the chins up and stay healthy in these uh, very difficult times. Indeed, yes, I'd echo all that. Um, sadly, not much change, both from a personal and a sporting perspective since we last spoke. Um, just batting through each day, working here from home, but all the family are well. And as we've said before, you know, grateful thanks to all those who are keeping us safe and well across the country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? I think times like this spring put sport into perspective. It's all we're by the very nature of it, we're sports fans, aren't we? We work in sport, and we probably spend a lot of our leisure time watching sport. But um, but there are there are more important things going on in the world. Although having said that, we were chatting off air, weren't we, before before we started recording this? Um, I did a piece in in the Australian Post last week just saying that rugby league still is important and sport generally still is important because it gives people something to look forward to, something to think about that in a way isn't in important. It's a distraction from from um, everyday life and the stresses and strains that, that everybody has to go through and um, not having that at the end of the week to look forward to I think is is you know, it's a, a blow for people. I certainly hope that um, when we come out of this um, coronavirus crisis that we'll still have um, all our sports clubs, our rugby league clubs and football clubs and everybody else still up and running and, and giving somebody, giving everybody something to look forward to at the end of it, something um, something to go back to and, and sort of to, to mark the return of normality, really. Yeah, indeed. Uh, you know, I've read a few comments in the past few days on Twitter saying that perhaps sport, uh, you know, whether it's football, rugby league, cricket or rugby union or whatever, should get a sense of perspective and stop worrying about themselves and their future and worry about the here and now and the fact that, you know, this virus is still causing a problem, obviously killing people, sadly, and causing a lot of other issues uh, for society and the world. And I think what my point will be, as you've just said, is that, yeah, there are more important things at this time, but when things come back, then we want some sort of sport and some sort of relief and escape from all that once again. People don't want to get over all this and find that their club has gone under because it couldn't afford to pay its players or its bills or that the TV companies maybe stopped helping to fund the contracts because of how long the absence mm-hmm. went on. And people have, you know, I think it would just be another blow if people found that their club or competition suddenly folded through no fault of their own. Yeah, Um, I think that's that's exactly right. I mean, sport sport is a diversion, isn't it? It gives, well, it isn't part of the entertainment business. It gives people something to um, to focus on and to look forward to. And and we all need some some of that in in our lives. Um, And... I think people who are sports fans right now are, are clearly missing it, just like I would imagine um, if you're a, a fan of opera or a, a fan yeah. of uh, a fan of going out to the theatre, or even if even if you're just someone who likes to spend Saturday afternoon shopping or whatever, 
people are missing that sort of thing. We all we all need it back as as quickly as possible. I think one one thing about sport is it it does generate a lot of jobs and a lot of income for people, um, and a lot of people's livelihoods depend on sport. I know a lot of rugby league clubs now are putting um, staff on furlough and, and things like that, but jobs jobs are at risk, and if clubs go under, people will lose their livelihoods, and that's something that, that can't be taken lightly. And it's not just people employed directly in sport, it's all the ancillary things that surround it, you know, people who work in pubs, pubs and restaurants and, and bars and things close yeah, to grounds yeah. and f- food outlets and um, casual staff who just come in on match days to to um, to do the cleaning or stewarding or, or to man the bars at grounds and things like that. All those people need rugby league back just to, to help them stay on their feet. Yeah. Um, I think we're all expecting there's going to be a, a bit of an economic downturn because of the um, because of the coronavirus and and rugby leagues going to be very much affected by that. Um, I know that the sport is in talks with the government about um, about finding some way through this. And and from what I hear, that the RFL led by Ralph Rimmer are doing a good job in that, supported by Super League. Um, and let's just hope that they can come to some sort of agreement with the authorities that that ensure that people employed in the sport directly or indirectly can um, can keep the jobs and can keep the livelihoods sure and, and a knock-on from all that of course as well is that all, all the tax those people pay and all the revenues that are made and tax that's made from the game and from sports in general obviously helps society as a whole and helps to fund yeah. society and it again it's another hole that needs to be filled should the worst happen which of course we hope it won't um, so, you know, I think it's right that some kind of conversation and planning has to take place over the return of rugby league and sport in general. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will be sooner rather than later, even if for this season we have to have a curtailed season, as we discussed last week, where maybe some of the games are even, uh, hopefully not, but the Challenge Cup might even fall, but just to get some kind of season through and of course these sports as well rugby league and football and so on have an obligation to the broadcasters who help to pay uh, obviously huge sums in order to screen that which of course pays for wages and the upkeep of the game for want of a better expression yeah it'll be very interesting to see what what comes of um, any talks with the with the broadcaster in rugby league's case sky um, I mean, they're, they're in a difficult position as well, aren't they, Sky? Obviously, they're paying lots of money to have live rugby league matches covered, covered um, well, a relatively large amount. Yes. It's a drop in the action compared with what they, they pay for football, but even so. Uh, um, and they're not getting the matches at the moment, so they're, they're clearly going to be concerned about that. They want something for their money. But on the other hand, um, a lot of people, I would imagine, are probably sticking with the the Sky subscription on the, the basis that it, it will be coming back at some point. And um, I should think if um, if Sky were to, to threaten um, the existing deal, then people, customers of theirs might consider pulling out. So it's, um, it's a balancing act, really. I think Sky clearly are a business and need to make the money, but they recognise, just like everyone else, that these are... are um, unprecedented times it's not through any fault of the sports that that um that the game's not being played at the moment it's just something that that can't be helped and 
couldn't have been avoided in in sort of this this case. So um, I'm sure something can can be worked out, but it it'll certainly be interesting to see what the long term outcome of this is. I think the broadcasting deal will be something that guarantees we do get some more rugby in this season. I doubt it will be a full uh, 29 round Super League season, but I, I'm pretty sure we will get some sort of campaign restarted, even if it's um, towards the early part of, of summer. At, at the moment, two rounds have been postponed. Some clubs are further than that behind. Leeds have had, I think, four called off so far this season. It's going to be very difficult to fit all those in. Um, the nature of rugby league, you just physically can't play the game three no, times a no, week for an extended yeah. period. Um, so players' health and safety and welfare will have to be taken into account. But I, I could certainly see um, a return, maybe playing everybody home and away if there's time to do that, or um, possibly some sort of curtailed season with a, a playoff system at the end of it. Perhaps you could have two conferences, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe in the East and West Conference, um, although obviously there's, there's France and Canada to, to take into consideration there. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure something will be worked worked out. The broadcasters are going to want um, want a full season that's played out to a finish. Yeah. Um, my view with the broadcasters, I think probably like many people, I, I was quite surprised when they, they kind of came straight out and said anybody who wants to pause the subscription can because obviously that puts pressure on themselves to then be wanting Spark back as soon as possible at a time when nobody can say when it will come back. I think mm. f- from a personal point of view, uh, I've decided to keep my subscription going while ever the TV company supports sports in general, rugby league and so on. Uh, but if they started to maybe look at ways of either getting out of the deal or turning the screw, then I'd certainly put mine on pause straight away. Um, yeah. on, you know. I think a lot of people would a lot of people would be um would be similar. Um it's it is gonna be interesting to see what happens and, and lots of people are gonna be keeping a very close eye on on the arrangements. A lot of people depend on it. Obviously clubs would struggle without a television deal. We all we all know that. Um well, on the other hand, Sky do get a lot of um, a lot of output from rugby league as yes. well. I don't I would want to lose that. So, um, so it's a balancing act. But hopefully, something can be agreed that's sort of mutually beneficial for uh, for all parties. Sure, we'll come back to Sky a bit later on because uh, we were just chatting earlier about how it was twenty four years this week since the first um, Super League games, and indeed, I think you're saying Leeds and Castleford's. First games were actually today, twenty-four years ago, and yeah, we're we're, we're recording this on um, on Tuesday, the yeah. uh, the thirty-first, and yet in nineteen ninety-six, that was a Sunday. Leeds um, Leeds were at home to Warrington, and um, Cass went to to Bradford. Um, Wakefield were in um, in Division One in those well, days. Yes. Yeah. Like, Played Hull at the Boulevard. It, it, it didn't go well, Rich. <laughs> I know they're your team, but uh, yeah, probably least said about Wakefield's start to the summer era, the uh, the better. Yes, I can. Re- well, I remember. Obviously, there were a lot of protests at the time in Wakefield because they wanted them to merge with uh, Featherstone and Castleford, if I'm not mistaken, and create mm, a new yeah. team. 
Calder, was, there, wasn't it? That was a yes, the Calder Calder Valley somebody's or the Calder somebody's. Um, but the the fans uh, soon put a stop to that. Uh, told the accountants somewhere that sport didn't work like that, where you could just merge teams that had been around for over a hundred years. Um, so thank goodness for that, not just for Wakefield, but for all clubs that were threatened with that at the time. Um, but having said all that, there's no doubt that Sky have brought a lot of great things to the sport in the time that they've covered it. And even when you look back at those early games compared to what we have now, it's it's incredible, the, the number of cameras and angles and video referees and... Uh, all, all the different innovations Sky have brought, the, even the HD picture, which makes it so much, so much greater experience, um, and, and and obviously helped to keep the game alive as well, haven't they? You know, with with their fat funding of the game, it's a mutually yeah. beneficial arrangement. Yeah, I mean, over, overall, Sky have been good for the sport, in my opinion. People will argue, well, it's a subscription service; not everyone can afford it, but um, without Sky's money, that it would have been very difficult for the sport to go fully, um, fully professional yeah. at Super League level. We wouldn't have had a Super League without um, without Sky. We'd still be playing in winter. A lot of people would say, and a good thing too. Personally, I I like summer rugby. I think it's I think it's um, the best way forward. I wouldn't want to see us going back to regular winter seasons. Um, and certainly the way the sport's been covered, they Sky treated seriously, and there's no patronising attitude towards rugby league when it's on Sky. And I think they've they've transformed the way people look at um, at the game. You could argue that that it, the fact it's not on what used to be terrestrial TV has has maybe limited the exposure to it. Perhaps there aren't the the um, household names that we maybe had. 30 or, or 40 years ago, the Schofields and, and Hanleys and Martin Fire and people like that, who everybody knew, whether whether you were in Lancashire or Yorkshire or London or whatever, everybody knew those players and perhaps we don't have that now. Yes. But on the whole, I think Sky, um, I think Sky has been a, a good thing for the, for the game. Here's, here's a question for you, actually. We're talking about Wakefield. You're too young to know this, Rich, but who was Wakefield's coach when they... Uh, and they kicked off the first summer season, oh, 1996. Just, would it be just before Andy Kelly? I know Andy Kelly took them up, didn't he? Um, yeah, Andy Kelly was on the coaching staff. And who did he replace? Oh. Yeah. I know, I'd be beaten with that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> Mitch Brennan. Mitch Brennan. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, well, our colleague Steve Hetzenstall, he he often mentions Mitch Brennan. Um, yeah. You know, he, he always said what a good guy he was and a good coach. Um, but yeah, I, I can rem- certainly remember Andy Andy taking them up after that. Yeah, um, that's right. I think and, and, I think Wakey found it hard in the, the first um, the first year of of the summer season, but um, when Andy Kelly took over it, obviously things went went right and culminating in um, in promotion in in 98 um, but yeah it's it's interesting to look back on those um, those first teams from the the opening round of Super League there's some some names that are really hard to recall um, I mean Cass fans I suspect a lot of Cass people won't know um, 
one realised that Frano Botticker had a, a season. Right, and, yeah, and yeah. Back and, and Wigan Great spent a season with Castleford. He was he was playing for them in at the start of the Super League era. Um, it's a tough time for Leeds as well. They would they finished second to Wigan in the, the final winter season, which finished in January. Um, the Challenge Cup was played um, through from January through into to March. The semi-finals of that were the week before Super League started, and then Super League began. So it was non-stop rugby. But Leeds had basically run out of money and and had a very tough first um, first season under Dean Bell. Dean Bell, yes. yeah. That all seems like a all seems like a, a very long time ago, doesn't it? But um, but the sport, I think now is in a I still think he's in a, a far better place than um, than it was 24 years ago. Look at the facilities are better. Um, most clubs have either improved their ground, like Leeds, Widnes, um, or have moved to new grounds. I think there's only, um, I think the only two grounds or three grounds that from the original Super League that are still hosting Rugby League are Doon Park in, in Workington and there are plans to develop that, I believe, or to move to a new site, Headingley yes. and, um, and Weldon Road, or the Jungle, yes. as it is now. Um, I don't think the Jungle's changed too much in the, the 24 years since, but Headingley certainly has. It certainly has, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about Workington. I was reading something the other week regarding, uh, I think it was the football team, uh, mm. and yeah. it was, I think it was saying that the, the football and rugby league teams were hoping to move to a new purpose-built ground to share in the town. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that might help lead to a, a renaissance in Cumbrian Rugby League, which is a, a really important area for the game, and it's a shame they haven't got some kind of representation in the top flight. Yeah, well, of um, course they did in that first season. Yeah, working to themselves. Um, yeah, Tony Smith, the fu- future Leeds coach, and, and now Will KR coach played for them in that first season, but they they were way off the pace and yeah. uh, relegated at the end of it, and and haven't um, haven't got anywhere near the top flight since. Interesting, yeah. the whole KR were actually in Division Two at the start of the um, at the start of the summer era, playing teams like Bramley, who who are now an amateur club and um, competing with Hunslet. So it's it's the, the landscape certainly changed. We had Paris, of course, in in the first Super League season. They've gone. Oldham Bears were a Oldham, yeah. Um, Super League team, Halifax Blue Sox. Yes, I used uh, to cover Halifax regularly when they were in Super League. Yeah, uh, they were very well. They didn't win anything, but they were a top team for the first few years. They were, yes. I, I recall they the fin- finished third, I think, one year, didn't they? Before it, it all went yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, I used to enjoy going to the show. The keen fans and knew the game, knew the sport. Yeah, yeah. But yes, as, as you say, the the landscape's completely changed, and a. On a slightly amusing note, I saw Keith Senior playing uh, for Sheffield with hair, I think, back then as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognise yeah, him at first, and then it said a caption came up, Keith Senior. Oh, yeah, it is him. So, uh, yeah, no, he certainly looked a lot, a lot younger, didn't he, <laughs> he, when, did. he had, when he had hair. Yeah, but playing, playing on the wing, I think he was, he was number 20, I think, or 22 in that first Super League game when Sheffield lost in, um, lost yeah. in Paris. Um, Sky showed the full their full coverage of that the other day on the anniversary of it. And it was it was really good watch actually. Thoroughly enjoyed it, the presentation and and um, the match itself. 
Yeah, and to echo what you were saying earlier regarding Sky, um, you know that they they have certainly improved the coverage of the game and uh, brought the, you know the innovation, uh, and there's no doubt they've helped keep it alive. It's unfortunate that not everyone can afford it. We were chatting earlier regarding um, my way into rugby league. Really, was through reading it in my dad's paper, which was the Daily Telegraph, believe it or not, which used to be an excellent rugby league paper back in in the day and also by watching grandstand the old famous second half of games that they used to show on a saturday afternoon yeah um and, and that was my introduction and, and through that then it, as you you were saying you would get to know players from the different teams and you would know that you know who played for which team and who which teams were doing well and which weren't and obviously there'd be the run up to wembley as well and watching the wembley final mm. um yeah, well, the, the Challenge Cup was a huge thing in those days, wasn't yes. it? Before, yeah. In the old winter era, and um, and obviously the grandstand coverage with Eddie Waring's commentary made rugby league um, a national game. It did, yes. Really, in yeah. terms of in terms of viewers, anyway. Um, I think the the attitude to the sport has, has changed a little bit. I always felt it was a little bit patronising in those days. Um, and Sky certainly, I don't think Sky patronised. No, no, league. not at all. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see more more coverage of, of um, rugby league on free-to-air television. Maybe, yeah, it would be nice to see the championship or, or League One perhaps covered by a, a free-to-air broadcaster because that's a that's a high standard of competition and, and I think that would make for, for good television. Yeah. As well, but you were mentioning those grandstand, um, grandstand Saturday afternoon matches. I mean, Leeds used to be on telly a lot in those days because it was a winter winter game, and they had under soil heating, so you could guarantee yeah. that the game would be on. So grandstand <laughs> yeah. were always turning up at, at Headingley. There's some great players on show in those days, and um, we've actually been counting down the top ten of Leeds' all-time greatest players, in my opinion. Um, in the Evening Post at the moment, we're up to um, to number six is the latest one. Um, and that's been quite an interesting experience as well. Um, been looking forward to seeing what sort of reaction we get to the top five. Yeah, well, uh, my person of interest in, that, in those uh, earlier numbers was John Atkinson at number eight, who was my favourite player as a boy, a, a winger. I always wanted to be a winger and... As you say, Leeds did seem to be on the TV a lot, and I think Leeds United also got their idea from for undersail heating from the Leeds Rugby mm-hmm. League club, didn't they? Because that that made Leeds a small fortune back in the day as well. United because they could get so many games on in the winter when they were due to be played. So yeah, I, yeah John Atkinson was always a favourite of mine, and the other man who always went down well in our house was David Ward because my mum taught David Ward when he was a little boy. Um, oh, did she? Yeah, yeah, so when the Challenge Cup finals were on, my mum always wanted Wardy to win it, as, as she used to say, so we used to have to cheer for Wardy. And, yeah. yeah, well, they lifted, lifted the Challenge Cup twice, 77 and 78, as, um, as Leeds captain. Yes. Did a very good job, very good job as coach as, uh, as well, after um, after that, just before the yeah. before the start of the summer era, just when Leeds were... Um, Trying to compete with Wigan weren't quite on equal terms, but um, but yeah, he did uh, certainly a legend at Headingley is, uh, is David Ward. Yes, Father Mo- of Danny, of course. Well, Mummy used to say that um, 
if Wardy and his friends were messing around in class, you just used to say you're not having your rugby ball at playtime and that got them all back on side, excuse the pun. <laughs> so that was, their, that was their way of keeping them under control. So obviously in later years she was delighted that he made a career of something that he obviously loved all his life. Yeah, yeah. first ever Man of Steel. Was he? I believe. I believe so, yeah. I think he also won Young Player of the Year. Yeah. That, um, that year, one of the few, very few Leeds players to, to get Man of Steel recognition. Yeah, I can say I still remember it now when they won the Cup and, and he lifted the Cup. So, yeah, but plenty of going on there, Peter. And just before we came on air, you took a call from Michael Carter, the Wakefield uh, official. Yeah, just a bit, bit of an update on that. Super just, yeah, just, just chatting about, um, the obviously, the, the situation at Wakefield, like all clubs, finding it hard to, to keep um, to keep body and soul together at the moment. But yeah. he's confirmed to me that the players were paid. Everybody's been paid in full for March. Um Everybody at the club bar, I think about three uh, individuals now are, are being put on furlough, which is a sort of paid leave. The government um, yes. guarantees eighty percent of the wages up to two and a half thousand um, pounds, and they, he's hopeful that um, they and the, the whole sport will be able to get through this uh, in one piece. Um, come come sort of November time, and hopefully we'll be able to have a, a full and, and more successful season in uh, in 2021. Sure. And I think, uh, well, in our respective papers, Evening Post, Luke Gale at the moment's got a column with the Evening Post, the Leeds Rhinos player, and Gareth Ellis, the former Leeds and Wakefield and current Hull players doing the same in the Yorkshire Post. And again, th- those two players, as well as producing an excellent column each week, which I think we've touched on before, are also giving some good insight into what's happening at clubs and to the players and staff there. And they're always worth a look on our websites as well, aren't they? Yeah, very good, very good read. That um, the Luke, Luke Gale's just started doing the EP one and um, he's always good value for money. Is, yeah. and I like, um, I like the, the Gareth Ellis column as well. He, he covers a, a variety of topics and he's always got an, an interesting opinion. So they're certainly two things um, worth looking out for and um, should provide some entertainment in these rugby-starved days. Indeed. Well, that's great. Thanks, Peter. I think that's probably all we've time for this week. But as, as Peter's just mentioned, you can always keep up to date with the very latest uh, rugby league and coronavirus news at the Yorkshire Evening Post website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk and the very latest rugby league news courtesy of Peter on Twitter at Peter Smith YEP or myself at Richard Byron YEP or at YEP Sports Desk. So there's there's plenty of things to look at while, while this lockdown continues and as we keep saying, we'd like to urge all of you to stay safe and well during these difficult times and hopefully... Life will get back to normal a bit more soon. So thanks again, Peter, for your comments. Much appreciated. And uh, hopefully again we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Peter.